Hello and welcome back to the Woman to Woman podcast. My name's Hope, but I'm pretty sure you know that by now, seeing as we're on episode five. I really hope you've enjoyed the previous episodes that you've you've listened to. And if this is the first one you've listened to, well, you can go back and you can listen to the others and let me know what you think. In today's episode, I speak with Natalie Gale. Now, I first met Natalie when we volunteered together at Vibe 107.6. She was often in the studio just before me on a Wednesday, I believe. But this episode was the first time that we actually sat down and had a proper talk, um, which is quite weird because it was a really personal conversation. A brilliant conversation, too. Natalie has suffered with anxiety for a number of years. She also has tinnitus, which she will tell us about in more detail in this episode. On a more or less daily basis, we hear the words anxiety or feeling anxious. But Natalie touches on something really interesting in this episode by saying that when we say that, are we actually suffering with anxiety or are we just annoyed? You're listening to the Woman to Woman podcast and this is Natalie Gale's story. Is this this what's happening? I'm not very emotional. It's gonna get emotional. I'm gonna leave you crying. Like, how are you? Okay, that's fine. You can try and make me cry. You're gonna be. It's a test. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think this is actually only like the second time we've spoken in person. I know. Do you know what? I was thinking as I was having a wee before I saw you. Love it. (laughs) I was like, do you know what? I was like, I feel like I know you, but like we haven't really spoken that much because we've kind of known each other only in this period of lockdown. I feel Mm -hmm. like. Like, I don't even remember the first time we spoke, but I feel like it would have been like probably this time last year. And then obviously the pandemic. I remember, I remember seeing you around Vibe sometimes. Uh, oh, yes, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Just before, yeah. Through the window and that kind of stuff. Hello. So like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because you'd be doing your show and I'd be doing recording in the other one. Exactly. But I feel like if it hadn't been the pandemic, like normally there'd be more things that we'd like have seen, you know, like events. Yeah. Parties. Yeah, like actual things <laughs> what is that Can I just, what's that pink thing in the background it looks like a little giraffe is it a giraffe what, that? yeah it was uh, from Mauritius oh <laughs> look at that I literally like had to take it home like as hand luggage <laughs> and like, they blatantly thought there was like drugs in it and I was like no it's just all they know. thought all they thought you'd been to an exotic shop yes. erotic not exotic erotic shop <laughs> erotic get it right home get it right Did I move it is it is it no, I like it. It's a nice little prop. <laughs> so I brought you on today on the podcast to talk about mental health, actually, which is something that I think we can all do with talking about a bit more, can't we? Definitely. Definitely. So this podcast is all about talking to incredible women who have been through something. Um, and for you, that kind of resides itself in anxiety. So when did that start? Because looking at you, you would not think for a second that you had anxiety. Yeah, a lot. It's funny because a lot of my friends always sort of say that. And, you know, especially now with what I do, you know, in my line of work, people always say to me, it's just crazy to like think of the one side of you, the anxious side, and then the (laughs) on-screen personality, as it were. But um, do you know what? It's so weird. It started for me in adult life. I was very much... I'm very much like mind over matter kind of person. It's not that I don't believe in, 
you know, I think a lot of people have a lot of ignorance around mental health. Um, and it was never that I didn't believe in it, but I'm, I'm very strong in thinking that you can control your situation. And you must make changes to make mm. sure that, you know, if you're in a certain rut, whatever it might be, that you're getting out of it. Don't do the same thing to get a different result. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it was a bit of a shock for me, to be fair, to even get anxiety in my life because I didn't. I think I must have been at university. So one of the later on years, um, you know, 22, 23. And that's kind of when it started. And I didn't really know what it was per se. Okay. <laughs> Initially, it was very, it was a very strange sort of sensation that I couldn't actually put a sort of label on. But mm -hmm. it was just sort of very intense feelings of kind of like panic or, yeah. or stress. And obviously now I would say anxiety, <laughs> but I didn't, I didn't necessarily know that at the time. Um, and it came from nowhere. Like, I cannot tell you what a trigger would have been, you know, like I've had all sorts of things happen in my life and, you know, I couldn't correlate the anxiety to any of those in particular, maybe like a therapist would say, yo, <laughs> it was all of these things. <laughs> it happened like, here. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but for me, I'm just like, it came out of nowhere. And even now, when whenever I do feel anxious, or, you know, it gets really bad onto the levels of panic attacks, you know, people are always like, Oh, what was happening? What were you thinking? What was going? It's always been I was putting my socks on. Yeah, it happened. Literally, it has always been so very random. And I, I really struggled with that at first, because I really like, I like to be in control. Yeah. What were you so, doing at uni? What were you studying? Oh God. So I, uh, I was an indecisive soul. Um, <laughs> shop. At one point uh, I wanted to go down the educational route. I was going to do law. Then I went traveling, uh, came back. I, I wanted to do acting. Uh, I actually started doing acting. Uh, and Ooh. then pretty soon into the course, um I was like oh my god what am I doing I'm gonna be poor <laughs> what <laughs> the hell so I decided to make my life really hard and change to do a split course so I was doing performing arts and then I was doing um event management specializing in finance so Ooh. it was it's essentially like two degrees they're not Don't similar at all <laughs> <laughs> no in my mind I was like I still want to like keep the art side but I want to have something educational, just in case. Have you always been creative? <laughs> yes, I have actually. Yeah, I always I sort of went to stage schools and dance schools and all of that. Um, I played lots of instruments growing up, um, always been into acting. Um, and then, yeah, to be honest, I think when I went to university, because my parents broke up, when I was about 15, 16, I, I always started worrying about things that you probably shouldn't worry about as a child. So say like um, money and, you know, like focusing on the future and, oh, what if this happens? What if that happens? Yeah. So I think that's what kind of killed my creative buzz because I loved being creative and I loved, you know, going on that journey. But then when you suddenly start worrying about those things as a teenager, you know, early 20s, you know you just you lose you lose the passion you start thinking about money and everything um but yeah I've always been creative I always knew that you know this was what I wanted to do 
Um, and then I went traveling uh, after college. So I was there for, yeah, a couple of years. Um, I had a like a long-term boyfriend from like 17 to 19, who I stayed with an awful lot at that time. I mean, to be honest, <laughs> I hope he never sees this, but <laughs> it was a very kind of like, he was a lovely boy and it was just all very kind of convenient. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just to kind of escape that situation. Well, um, every, every, every relationship has its purposes and lessons yeah, so if that's what he provided yeah exactly if not he provided a little bit of comfort and escape well there you go that's exactly what it is mate um and then and yeah I went traveling um around the world where did you go and went to university um I went all around Asia I went to Singapore Malaysia Thailand the islands Australia wow yeah. everywhere escapism mate that's what it was <laughs> and then where did you go to uni uh, I went to Bournemouth in the end. I wanted to get out of London. I was going to go to one of the drama schools in London. And again, just, yeah, the whole situation and what had gone on. I just wanted to leave. Just wanted to be away from, from here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm not a therapist, but it sounds as though all of that manifested itself later on in your life, hence the anxiety. But we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. That was Hope. it. Yeah. You're my sorted. therapist. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so you were at university, everything was going well, nothing seemed to trigger you as like, there wasn't a big exam that suddenly you felt a sense of panic, it just came out of the blue. Yeah, it really was. I, I wish it was like something like, yeah, I was so stressed about exams, but I, I never was. It was just um, really out of the blue. I felt... Um, you know, I was I was not sleeping well. And that I know is a massive trigger. Um, you know, I didn't sleep well in uni. And I, I did still have a lot of sort of pent up kind of like upset and aggression and, and situations going on with my dad. So I feel like a lack of sleep, which I still have to this day, to be honest, um, definitely has an impact if you're not sleeping properly. It's just natural that's going to build up some sort of anxiety. Um, you know, it, it would go through phases. I would sometimes have, you know, months and months where I was kind of like, oh, I'm, I'm not really, I'm not really getting anxious. Like it's just, it's just not happening. And then out of the blue, um, you know, I would have the worst anxiety attack just ever. And it was just, you know, sometimes crippling. Sometimes I've been driving and I'll literally have to stop the car because I'm like, I'm going to crash this car. Like it's just such a, you know, like a strong emotion, it, it kind of, um, you know, it kind of starts with just like the heart racing, but then it's like, I'm sweating, you know, like, you know, I just can't think straight. Um, and as I say, if it, if it gets, if it gets to a really bad level, I mean, I wouldn't say I've had, like, I can count on my hands how many times I've had panic attacks, but the intensity of those has really made me, you know, question like, am I losing my marbles? Because it's just been a lot, you know? Um, and I have sort of spoken to, you know, the GP and various like services available to it, but it's one of those things that I just, I kind of like to manage on my own. I, I wouldn't take medication and all of that kind of thing. You know, exercise is a massive thing for me. If I don't exercise, it seems to bring it on. Like yeah. it makes me yeah. a bit more loopy. It just seems to go hand in hand. So you know, we all want <laughs> a decent body, but I just have to exercise or I go crazy. <laughs> Literally. I'm laughing and so are you, but it sounds really, <laughs> really scary. 
Yeah, I mean, as I say, it has been. I mean, you know, some people, anxiety is a really difficult subject because I think it's become more and more talked about. And I think some people who suffer with like crippling anxiety, you know, where they can't leave the house and, you know, really affects all their relationships, work, etc. I think they find it quite difficult to hear about other people speaking about it if, if it doesn't seem quite as bad. So it, it's one of those things to me. I, I, I don't talk about it often because I always, not, not that it lessens my experience, but I guess I just have to try look at the positive side that, you know, I, I do the career I do, as you said at the beginning, it's like, I would never have known. It's like, it's a very personal thing. And sometimes it can be completely crippling, but I feel like I manage it enough to be able to still live my life, which I guess yeah. I have to be grateful for. I get what you're saying there, but for me to have said that and to assume that, and for anyone else, that's wrong because mental health isn't always seen, Yeah, but it does happen to people anyone yep. from any walk of life so it's wrong for people to assume and it's, it would also be wrong for someone to say that your experience is is lesser than mine so therefore you shouldn't speak about it because yeah. awareness is is should and is good awareness I would yeah argue. no definitely I think I think it's it's, it's tricky because you know you do everything with social media now you do you see words being so flippantly used um you know, and thing, things like anxiety is, is dropped very often. You know, like I always think of that meme of, of I think it's Kim Kardashian or Courtney Kardashian. And she's like talking about something really like stupid. And it's just like my anxiety is it's like, you know, it's like over her cup of coffee or something like not being the right temperature. And it's like, yeah, we're using this word a bit too flippantly now. You know, it's like that's more anguish or annoyance or, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, anxiety so it is a tricky one but no you, you can't you can't ever separate someone's experience and and I know for me that it's, it is a very personal experience you know I, I find it hard even to share like with my fiance I just I really always try to he kind of knows if I'm having a moment and like he just knows I kind of always want to deal with it like by myself he's probably wise to stay out of the way <laughs> back the fuck up <laughs> So let's, but before I ask you about kind of how you deal with these attacks, I wanted to ask you to, in your own words, kind of define anxiety, because you mentioned there that we use it too flippantly. And actually, when you're describing that you feel anxious, you're actually just feeling annoyed. So Mm. for someone who suffers with anxiety, albeit mildly, perhaps, Mm -hmm. how would you define it? I think for me, I mean, there are so many different types of anxiety so that, you know, this is where it gets very technical and, you know, a a specialist would be able to to say a lot more. I guess for me, that the the type of anxieties that I feel um, are are very much physical. So it's a sort of physical chain reaction between how I'm feeling sort of mentally and then physically and vice versa. Um, For me, it's very strange and, and apparently it is very common that my anxiety starts as one thing where it might just, you know, be a bit of tension. I'm, I'm feeling a bit on edge and it, and it could stop there and that could be the end of it. But if it progresses, it, it can go into the zone of just sort of crippling doom and gloom. For me, when it, when it turns really bad, it's, it's like everything suddenly feels 
like the worst is going to happen and I'm just sitting there <laughs> but it feels you know all, all these kind of strange thoughts start popping into your head about things that are just crazy to even suddenly start thinking about I mean I know mine definitely um has kind of a link to just death I don't know yeah why. I was gonna say do you feel like you're going to die yeah sometimes it's not even just like me it's like other people you know what I mean it's like I think this is gonna happen this this bad thing is going to happen sometimes it is about me and sometimes it is about other people you know I get very sort of um anxious or paranoid randomly sometime with my fiance and I'm like oh you, you know you need to drive carefully today like and that's just kind of come out of nowhere but it's it's when I'm feeling that way that you know everything just becomes doom and gloom and, and, and like a very negative space and I have sort yeah. of no answer as to why my mind has gone there but that's kind of where I am and as I say that's at when it's at its worst it's kind of those are the thoughts and feelings mm -hmm. and that is very intense so there sounds as though and correct me if I'm wrong there's a close link between anxiety and depression you yeah say I mean I, I think for some for some people there is you know a direct link um because if you're I guess experiencing these feelings too often <laughs> you're not going to be in a very happy place and therefore you know you're directly going to start you know diving into depression sort of levels for me I've never I don't think I've ever really had that direct correlation um you know I've never I would never have called myself depressed at the same time of you know of having anxiety um but you know they're all kind of like this these things I think it's it's all a state of mind you say at the same time so separate from anxiety do you think you've experienced depression I would have to say potentially but because I'm very um as I say because I always like to kind of deal with things on my own you know I've never I've never I've never sat in that space for very long if you know what I mean you know after my parents broke up obviously I was young anyway I think I was dealing with things you know emotionally when I went to uni I was dealing with things you know, in my own roundabout way. And I think I definitely, you know, with the lack of sleep, with the anxiety kicking in, you know, sometimes some things are a snowball effect. But overall, I would like to say that any sort of moments of depression for me, I've managed to overcome, like I say, with the things that I believe you should put into yourself. It's essentially what um, CBT will yep. sort of advise you to do. Um, those are you know, such great kind of tips for anybody feeling, you know, in, in any type of way, anxious, depressed, because you have to change your lifestyle, whatever's going on at that moment to something else to, to feel a real change. And CBT really, I mean, again, I didn't, my doctor was like, you should do this. Um, and I only actually eventually, um, got some kind of like you know pamphlets and all this stuff for CBT when I had tinnitus start years ago okay. um and that you know to coupled with not being able to sleep anxiety was a was a changing point for me because it kind of it pushed me over the edge because yeah. you know when if you've ever known anyone with tinnitus that the first 
six months to a year is a really like challenging testing time because you feel like you're going crazy, like the constant ringing. Um, so that kind of pushed my anxiety to a new level and, and CBT techniques really helped me. Let's press pause for a moment on the tinnitus and the CBT or CBD. I'm a mess girl. There's just too much. <laughs> <laughs> and let's rewind a little bit because we do like to jump around this podcast, but let's rewind a little bit to find mm-hmm. out when you had the first kind of situation at university, your first time experiencing anxiety, who did you tell and what did you do? Um, that's a good question. I mean, I, I had a great um, collection of friends at uni. There was four of us girls that were just so close. We lived together for the three years that we were there. Um, we definitely, you know, had conversations about it and, you know, try to sort of help each other. I mean, do you know what? I think uni is such a weird time anyway. You're over drinking, you're not sleeping, you're trying to cram in work. I think it's like a breeding ground for anxiety full stop, you know, like if you didn't have it, you're going to push yourself to have it with your behaviours. So I think a lot of people kind of experience you know, anxiety or things close to anxiety. So I definitely confided in, you know, my close friends, but on a very minimal level, I've always found it difficult to, I don't know, just talk to people about it. I feel like it's me personally, I find it such a, like a personal thing. Like it's only me that goes through those thoughts and feelings and it's very hard to explain even you know I have close friends that have anxiety and sometimes we'll say something we're like yeah yeah you know and it's just like you're on each other's wavelength but you still have very individual like things one of my really close friends Lucy she she gets crippling anxiety as well but you know the sort of stuff I talk about sort of fear you know fearing the worst and that she she doesn't relate to that but then she has you know other things that I don't relate to so it's such a personal thing and I don't I don't really like talking about it like (laughs) when you asked me you know like about a topic I thought you know what I will because I I rarely talk about it but I don't actually not that I think it like brings it on (laughs) but like for me that the more I just push towards being positive and getting out of that mind space and and always trying to fill you know my time and my life with things that are positive and you know get me into a better mind space I I just feel like it's better whereas you know no judgment but I feel some people talk about you know sort of their anxiety a lot and I think it can refuel it and 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 make you feel like in more of a negative space more often which for me you wouldn't work does any part of you feel one that it's a weakness and two that the thoughts that you have are so scary within that moment that you don't want to talk about them because of how people might perceive those thoughts I must say now no Mm. I definitely I think at the beginning yes you know because I was younger and you know you just give more of a shit (laughs) you do (laughs) you you get it was like yeah give a shit but um you know when I when I was younger I think I was just it was like that unknown I don't I don't like not being in control you know what I mean so I think I definitely had this perception of like why can't you like get it together you know like if I was going through it it's like come on now like sort yourself out I'd be very like 
you know, like aggressive towards myself, basically, you know, and hard on myself. Whereas now I've kind of learned, you know, it just, it doesn't really work like that, my dear, you know, it's like lots (laughs) of people get it and you're actually not in control of it. And as long as you're trying to make steps, you know, to improve your situation, you know, don't be hard on yourself. But in terms of how people look at me, I don't, no, I don't really, I don't care. (laughs) Good. No, I don't. (laughs) Um, so let's go back to the kind of medical side of things. You have spoken to health professionals before. You mentioned earlier that you haven't and wouldn't like to go on medication. Why is that? Well, I mean, that's a that's a whole deep, dark hole, I guess, of, of getting into sort of my uh, my beliefs in, in terms of... We're here of- for the whole, Natalie. <laughs> it's just medication for me. I, I really try not to take too much. You know, like I'm not a pop a paracetamol, pop a neurofen. Oh, I've got a little ache, a little pain. I just, you know, I, I think we um, can... We can help ourselves without uh, medication in so many forms. I think, you know, pharmaceutical companies, come on, we all know what the situation is. They can do some good, but overall it's, it's a profitable business. So, you know, CBT, as an example, it's been proven in this country that it's like 85% effective, something crazy like that for helping people with all kinds of mental health issues. But then the antidepressants, the statistics are horrendous of people being on them, not getting off them and actually not improving their situation. So, you know, it's kind of like, why am I going to take tablets if the stats aren't actually there to say, yeah, pop this pill and your anxiety will go away. You don't actually really hear that. It's you, you kind of hear people managing maybe some of their more extreme symptoms, but it doesn't cure the problem. Yeah. So, so for listeners, um, CBT is cognitive behavioral therapy, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Um, so it's kind of like, a, a, you know, di- different forms of um, therapy that are both verbal and kind of physical. So they just encourage, you know, sort of talking the obvious ones, but then also things like uh, activity, yeah. um, and things like that so it's it's just basic everyday kind of stuff but really thinking about it mindfulness as well well. throughout this throughout this episode you've you've mentioned a few times how you like to deal with things on your own you're very independent um so when in terms of cbt have you done that with a professional like a therapist or have you just like you said got the pamphlets and figured it out yourself so basically, for me, it was when the when the tinnitus started, and I was I was really in quite a like a bad place. Um, you know, like that that was probably like my lowest point where I was kind of like I'm not opposed to to asking for help. Um, and at that time, you know, I was really struggling, lack of sleep, um, and just feeling a bit all over the place. I did go and I did get I I got sleeping tablets for quite a period of time actually about a year that I was on them um and yeah I did you know they referred me to you know the local well-being service as it were um and I saw someone there who gave me sort of all this the information and you know we had a very frank conversation kind of what we're having here that I was just like look not not just crediting anything you're saying but I don't think I require like anything more but this you know is helpful information to kind of read mm-hmm. um but it was stuff that I was already doing really can you give us some honest. examples um yeah so the mindfulness stuff was was a huge one for me and you know I, I definitely continued on with that and still have done to this day kind of like meditation 
um, you know, just, just those moments of like clarity and relaxation and just, and just trying to listen to yourself, even if it's just 10 minutes a day, which I think we all struggle with. Um, and then just the other stuff was just kind of reaffirming the stuff I already knew, which was just filling your time with distraction and, you know, positive outlets like exercise, which for me has always been a huge part of my life. And, you know, I just kind of up, up the ante at that it's, time. It's now in the form of skipping. Yeah, buddy. You love a skip, yeah. don't you, mate? Yeah, I love it. You'll be Honestly, in the next, like, what's that film with the skipping ropes? I don't know, <laughs> that dance film, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it's called. Well, if there was a film with skipping ropes, you'd be in it. <laughs> hey, I'll be there with bells on, I know. But honestly, like, again, in this period, I love the gym and my fiancé doesn't have a spleen, so he's kind of on the shielding list. So he had a motorbike accident, long story. <laughs> what, is, what is spleen? Sorry, I don't know what a spleen is. Spleen is a part of the immune system. Um, it's, uh, if you get any serious infection, so like malaria, pneumonia, it helps to fight infection. So he's obviously more how vulnerable. Can that, how can someone lose that? Uh, motorbike accident, <laughs> smashed, ruptured. So it's like a bit of muscle? It's like an organ. Oh, yeah like a filter essentially yeah if you like generally your spleen is sitting there like now pretty dormant it's not doing anything it's chilling yeah it's chilling (laughs) but if you if you like let's say yeah went to India or something and caught malaria your spleen would be part of you know the process to help you get better basically so he would be you know unwell for a lot longer yeah you know need medical attention etc etc um i can't even remember why i was saying so he's been he's been shielding and the gym you used to enjoy going to the gym obviously gyms have been kind of shut anyway but even when they've reopened i haven't been able to go i mean we've pretty much got a whole gym in our garden now like throughout this whole lockdown we've just bought everything but skipping was just such a wonderful release basically like for the loss of the gym basically and you were very good at it as well i must say Right. Get in there. <laughs> um, let's chat about tinnitus because I know what tinnitus is because my uncle has it. Um, but for listeners, they might not know what it is. Um, so yeah. can you give us some information on what, what that is, how it triggered and how it impacted your life? Definitely. Let me turn the light on. I feel like it's gone so dark. Oh. Get some light in your life. I know. Okay. Oh. <laughs> That's better. That is better. A lot better. Carry on, right, go. <laughs> is um, a constant ringing in your fucking ears. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, about 89% of people who have tinnitus, it's due, it's to something to do with their hearing. Um, I had all the tests done. And of course I'm not in that 89%. And I know my hearing was almost 100% perfect. So I'm in that like very small bracket where they have no idea. They think it could be linked to stress. They think it could be linked to hypersensitivity of the ears, which I do kind of know I have. Um, It could be linked to me wearing earplugs at night for a long time because I was struggling to sleep, needed silence. Yeah, that's a whole big thing, by the way. You're not meant to wear earplugs at night, every night. Yeah. Every night or just not at all? Just don't bother. You're not really meant to wear earplugs in a silent environment. Why? Yeah. Interesting. Who knew? Because everyone bloody wears earplugs. But yeah. Is that because your ears are trying to seek out sound? 
and yes. working too hard. Yes, exactly that. Dr. Very Hope. Clever. Yeah, very <laughs> um, so yeah, it can cause for people with hypersensitivity to ears. I've got quite sensitive ears. A lot of people do. It's not like some major thing. But if you're then wearing the earplugs and you're hypersensitive, you can create like a noise yourself. Your brain could effectively over time create a noise. It's a very kind of like gray area and there's not much research about it here. Obviously I looked into it in America, they talk about it a lot more, but I was pretty convinced that that, that made a lot of sense for me. Um, okay. So how was it, how was it treated? There is no cure. So your ears are constantly ringing. Constantly ringing. The right thing, now they're ringing. Yeah. The thing with tinnitus is though, it's well for, 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 for most people, unfortunately, some people have it even worse. One of my friends who's a DJ, his is terrible and it's like really loud. Um, but is if you're in an environment, even like what I'm in now is kind of like a bit of wind, you know, I can hear like cars, I can't hear it now. So it's, it's really only when okay. it's like a completely silent environment, e.g. when you're trying to sleep. sleep. <laughs> Hence why I could not sleep. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, do you know what? It's it's a really, really tough, um, lonely thing, tinnitus. I remember when it first started and I was sort of Googling about it and you would read on forums, people literally saying like, if this carries on, like, I'm going to kill myself. Like it's, it's a very, very scary thing to just start happening especially I think for younger people because I know as you get older you know lots of old people sort of suffer with it and it comes and goes um and that's a lot more to do with their hearing but if you are getting it as a younger person it, it can be sort of very daunting and it, it was for me I, I really struggled the first kind of year like I, I was like I don't think I can cope with this for the rest of my life like literally but because once know, it starts it doesn't stop well, for some people it does, you know, and, and specialists said to me, it may stop for you or, you know, you may sort of learn to live with it so much that you almost don't realise it's happening anymore, which at the time I was like, no, be like, I'll be hearing this like all the time, sort it out. But <laughs> they were right. You do eventually kind of, you, you know, it, it seems mad to think, but you, you are effectively, your brain is learning to just like tune it out because over time, it, you know, the brain is a wonderful thing. It, it has to, or you're going to go mad. So yeah, I've, I've definitely come a long way with it, but you know, I still do have hope that maybe over time, like I had yeah. dental work, that was the other thing. Mm -hmm. um, so I had TMJ, have you heard of that? So it's like where- you I know you had a lot of teeth out, but I don't know why you did. <laughs> Do you know what that yeah goodness say that was something completely different but it's kind of like clenching of the jaw a lot of people get it with braces so it causes tension yeah and of course like oh, up to did your you ears. have did you have braces i did yeah i had, Me, I, I had I, as did i but i haven't had this you didn't have the tension yeah it's yeah it's just one of those things um and so i thought that could be linked and yeah this there's been so many like moments where I thought oh, okay maybe it would improve I started seeing an osteopath um and they do this crazy thing called uh, uh what's it called cranial osteopathy where they literally just you're lying on a bed and they're just kind of like with rubbing, their fingers. rubbing your head yeah like but like really kind of like gently it's so it's the most bizarre thing like osteopaths are like so it feels like a feather 
Kind of, yeah. But they're kind of like aligning your like, like your business on these. It's your business. Yeah. They're like accountants. They're just aligning all your business assets. (laughs) Honestly, osteopaths are like geniuses to me. The the stuff they do. One of my friends is an osteopath. I'm like, you guys are like wizards. Like, do you get it for free then if you've got a friend? No, because she she lives in America. (laughs) Oh, how selfish. I know. I know. Um, how how has the kind of anxiety, the tinnitus, all of it, has it impacted your personal relationships? Yeah, that's interesting because I would say, I would say definitely at points. I'd like to say no, mm-hmm. but I I know it has because you know you have trials and tribulations in your relationships anyway especially a long-term relationship like I've had you know been together for 10 years and you know you're driving each other crazy at points anyway and you know things happen so when you're emotionally like going through like the stuff obviously it then projects onto the other person so and without even realizing it sometimes you know like you're getting yourselves into a rut um so it it, unfortunately yeah it, it definitely has but I think now we've definitely got to such a you know a long-term point should I say that we just have such an understanding that it it doesn't impact it anymore um but we you know it's it's not been easy to like get to that point my my partner suffered with anxiety again he's he's even more stubborn and headstrong than me um I mean his anxiety lasted about six months no word of a lie but he was having really bad anxiety a long time and yeah one day he just never had it again and I said like literally to this day and I'm always like how did you do that like what the hell it's like, switch. yeah it's like nobody does that but somehow he managed that and that's why I always think maybe one day I'll just stop having anxiety <laughs> I imagine with the sleepless nights of the tinnitus and the getting kind of frustrated about that and and upset I imagine and anxious he was there to support you or was he just asleep and you dealt with it by yourself he he's very supportive um and you know there has been occasions where I've kind of been like because I I do get a lot of anxiety at night that tends to be my problem and it's obviously intertwined with like I'm awake (laughs) and probably past experiences as well because you've been kept up you're probably thinking it's going to happen again yeah yeah no definitely um there, there's definitely like a link for me with like nighttime and, and and being in bed and and things like that so yeah there's been occasions where I have kind of um you know had to wake him up and kind of been like help me, help me. <laughs> I'm going crazy but no he's very supportive luckily <laughs> I haven't really got anything else for us to explore I feel like we've we've really gone a, a nice low through your little life um but I wanted to ask you and kind of put the, ball, put the ball in your court if there was any last words of advice or anything else that you want to speak about that we haven't covered in the episode today well I guess for anxiety specifically you know if anybody is watching who who suffers um you know I can only speak of my own experience but definitely focus on changes um whatever those might be you know it's the age old saying you're not going to get a different result by doing the same thing and sometimes it really 
you know, it can be something so small, whether it's like picking up a book that you really enjoy, whether it's putting on a program that you really enjoy, you know, finding a, a hobby that distracts you and you, re- do you know what I mean? It's like, I think it's, as I say, for me, and I think for a lot of people, anxiety can be quite a lonely place. So only really you can pick yourself back out of that space. And so that would be, you know, finding things for yourself to do and not necessarily rely on other people. Absolutely nothing wrong if you do and confide in people definitely and talk to people. But, you know, find that kind of inner strength is what I think has always worked for me. I just, you know, constantly find new ways of putting myself into a better mind space and it doesn't always work I'm making it sound like it does like sometimes it just does not and I will have a full day where I just I cannot pick myself out of it I I can't do it but overall and you know for the years that I've had anxiety now I I would say it has worked for me and, and I have managed to improve the situation and I've I've managed to get myself out of having those really bad kind of panic attacks or you know anxiety attacks whatever you call them and sometimes it's as simple as just breathing as I say for me mindfulness was a massive thing you know there's loads of apps now if you don't want to do it on your own kind of thing I've kind of got to a point now where I can do it just by myself I don't need matey bob on the phone (laughs) kind of talking (laughs) but there are loads (laughs) there's so many great like headspace and calm you know, they, they do, it's, it's, you have to train your brain to kind of, you stop going off, like, mm-hmm. and, and these apps are very good at that, you know, you have to focus on whatever it is they're saying, or if you're just listening to sounds, or if you're listening to a story or whatever, it's training your brain, because the minute you cut off all the other shit, you, the anxiety, it has to stop, because logically, you know, those signals between your head and your heart and your feelings is cut off because your focus is 100% now on that distraction. And and really that is a massive part of anxiety. I know it's not the same for everyone, but I think for me that has definitely worked. And I think that would be the best advice I can give. <laughs> Natalie, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. No worries. Thank you, Ho. I'm sorry I didn't cry. <laughs> I know. I have failed. <laughs> <laughs> Is it bad that I want people to cry? (laughs) I just feel like it's more emotional. Uh, But I failed there in making Natalie cry. She's a very uh, strong-minded woman who I could not break. A fantastic episode there from Natalie. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, I had never heard of tinnitus except from my uncle who's in his... 60s speaking about it before never knew that it impacted young people um, and could obviously lead to the anxiety that that Natalie had already felt but felt even more so Natalie thank you ever so much for coming on if you're listening to this thank you so much for getting this far in the podcast if you'd like to leave a little bit of feedback I would love to know what you think you can either message me Hope Ellen on the old socials or you can give me an email woman to woman podcast at gmail.com I look forward to showing you the next episode in this series. We are halfway through officially today. Oh my goodness. Have a wonderful week and I will see you next Wednesday where I'll be joined by another incredible woman. <laughs>